You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Leading and Learning. This is episode number 131, and today we're going to be reviewing a book. And uh, it's a book that's really had an impact on me in the last few months, and uh, I'm going to be sharing it with you. I think it'll, it'll really benefit you as well. But I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond, 2.0. This is the updated version, the revised version of my pop- popular leadership book. And it's not just about leadership. Sure, there's lots of great stuff in there about leadership and supervision and management, but there's so much stuff in there about personal productivity, time management, and just many, many things that are going to help you become a better person and a better leader. The chapters are short and they're designed to be immediately actionable. So check out Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. Well, today we're going to be talking about and I want to be re- I want to review um, the book The Blessed Life: Unlocking the Rewards of Generous Living by Robert Morris. Robert Morris is the pastor, the founding pastor of Gateway Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's a little church of about 40,000 people, and they're having such a powerful impact, uh, not just in their community, but really internationally and throughout the world. And the reason for this is because they are such a generous church. They are able to give and do so much because the people are so generous. And this is no surprise because Pastor Robert himself, um, as he describes his journey in the, the blessed life, is a very generous person himself. And this is, uh, in, in, in full disclosure, this is the second time I've read The Blessed Life. I actually read it a couple of years ago, had an impact on me, and then I got an opportunity to read it again recently as our church was actually doing a series of messages on generosity based out of the blessed life. But let me give you a few of the highlights of the blessed life that I know are going to help you. You know, a lot of books that talk about giving, and especially in the area of finances, have as the, the, one of the main components this idea of getting uh, to give, or, or giving so that we'll get. You know, that's, that's kind of the underlying thing is this idea of, you know, we give to God, we give to church, we tithe, we give offerings so that we'll get, we'll, we'll get a return. We'll get a harvest. We'll get a hundredfold harvest. And, you know, you've seen, we've all seen the, the, the TV evangelist who just abused this and just say, look, you know, if you want a hundredfold blessing today, just send me an offering of a thousand dollars. And, you know, that's garbage. We all know it's garbage. But that doesn't negate, and that's that's what we have to always remember. 
when we see these clowns, it doesn't negate what the Bible teaches about tithing, giving, and having a generous spirit. I mean, that is throughout the Bible. And so Pastor Robert actually um, defines being blessed very differently than a lot of these other guys do because their idea of being blessed is receiving, you know, a, a huge reward, receiving money, um, you know, getting a hundredfold return on their blessing and hey, on their gift. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. If you get that, that's awesome. But listen to the way that uh, Pastor Robert defines this. He talks about being blessed in these terms. He says, being blessed means having supernatural power working for you. By contrast, being cursed means having supernatural power working against you. In other words, and this he goes on in the next sentence, the days of the blessed person are filled with divine coincidences, he's got that in uh, uh, quotation marks, in heavenly meaning. A blessed man may or may not be wealthy by the world standards, but he enjoys a quality of life that most billionaires would envy. In other words, it's not about the return that we're going to get. And listen, there is a scriptural basis for rewards. I mean, he even talks about that in a later chapter is, you know, we are going to see rewards. Jesus promised us, give and it'll be given to you. And, you know, there is a scriptural basis. Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 9, the, um, you know, he who sows sparingly will, will reap sparingly, but he who sows um, generously will reap generously. So so there is something to be, to, you know, to be said for that. But, the, but, of course, what happens is greed comes in and we want to give, and our, we want our giving to be defined by what we're going to get. And that's not it. It's, it's, it's really, we want more of God's power in our lives. And the way we get more of God's power in our lives is we have to open up our hearts and open up our hands and become generous. And when we do that, when we become that generous person, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, when we realize that the resources that God has given us are not ours, but they ultimately belong to Him, then we can begin to, to receive more of His supernatural power. Um, another one of the, the wonderful things that Pastor Robert uh, discusses and does such a great job on in The Blessed Life is talking about tithing. Now listen, tithing for many people is, you know, just this Old Testament idea. It's an Old Testament concept. I've heard pastors say that the New Testament does not teach tithing. And, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. I, you know, I've taught tithing from the New Testament. Other pastors have. But many, many guys will tell you that tithing is just an Old Testament concept. It's something that came from the law. Well, in reality, the New Testament does teach tithing. In fact, Jesus refers to it in a couple of places, and then it's also taught in, in, in other places. But the Old Testament makes it very clear that tithing wasn't birthed out of the law. Tithing existed. The principle of tithing, giving to God a tenth of what he's given to us, um, that principle was hundreds and hundreds of years before the law came along. And what the law did was it actually helped us to regulate it. It brought some structure, but 
But tithing did not originate in the law. It was it was long, long before that. In fact, what we see is in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we see this idea of setting something aside for God, giving God the first fruits, giving God the first portion of what he's given to us. And like I say, in the New Testament, Paul refers to this, Jesus refers to this, the writer of the Hebrews refers to this. And so it's it's not a uh, uncommon thing even in the New Testament. But Pastor Robert in, in, in The Blessed Life also, um, and, and he just really kind of attacks this thing from the point of logic. You know, the, the, uh, the, the commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, is in the Old Testament. Thou shalt not steal is in the Old Testament. In fact, those are two of the Ten Commandments. But you know, I've never heard anybody say, well, that whole adultery thing, that's that's in that's under the law. You know, we're 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 not part of, we don't have to obey the law. We're not Christians aren't under the law, and so I can, you know, go and do what I want to do. Um, you know, that whole thing about not stealing, well that's that's in the law. You know, I don't have to obey that. That was that was one of those Ten Commandments and and I'm not under that anymore. And you know, so it, it it's kind of funny. We 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 kind of pick and choose, but we say that tithing, which again wasn't under the law, it existed before the law, as as giving to God the first of what was His, putting um, putting God first in our lives, and you know whether it was through a, a sacrifice of a sheep or whether it was from the produce of our ground or whether it's from our paychecks, it's putting God first with what He's given us. Because reality is, how can we say we trust God with our eternity if we can't trust Him with our temporal? If we can't trust God with our eternal life, if, if we say, I'm, I do trust God with my eternal life, how can I say that I don't trust Him with my money? And that's really kind of where a lot of Christians are at. So these are a few of the things that Pastor Robert deals with. He also deals with one of the things that's so prevalent in our culture is this spirit of greed. And this this whole idea of wanting to hold on to what's ours. And, you know, how important is it for Christians, and I'm not talking to non-Christians, I'm talking to people who say that Jesus is their Lord. If Jesus is our Lord, how can we not be the most generous people on the planet? How can we, after what God's done for us, want to withhold anything back from God or from other people. And you know, one of the things that Jesus did was he he broke down the law. He said that, you know, really the the, the law was made up of, of for Christians for two things. He said for two commandments. He said, love God with all your heart, with all your you know, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he said, and then the second one is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, obviously, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't steal. Well, if if I love God, I'm going to want to honor the commitment that I made to my wife. If I love my neighbor, I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to do something that's going to hurt somebody else. So, you know, love God and love our neighbor. But at the same time, if we say, oh, I love my neighbor, but our neighbor has a need, or like we recently saw in the United States, these two hurricanes that came through and left people homeless, you know, I may not be able to go and physically help somebody rebuild their house, but I can open up my wallet 
and give a gift to a Christian organization that is serving those people. But if I say, no, 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 it's mine, I need it, I need every penny, that's not the Spirit of God. That's not a generous spirit. And so the blessed life comes out of a generous spirit. And really, out of, out of you know, this amazing book, um, this is probably the overriding principle is that God wants to do a work in our hearts and create within us a generous spirit. Now, worth the price of the book um, for, is, is, are the stories that are inside of it. Because every chapter is full of stories of people who, whose lives have been transformed by the principles in this book. Um, in some cases, they were rewarded. They, they gave sacrificially, and God blessed them. In other cases, it was a more intangible thing. But yet, they still could testify to, remember what our definition was, having the supernatural power of God released in their lives because they chose to be generous. So, I want you to check out The Blessed Life. Like I say, if you get it just to read the stories, it's worth every penny. These stories will challenge you. They will make you go to God and say, Lord, what should I do? Now, he's not gonna, he may not tell you to give your house away. He may not tell you to empty out your bank account. But the bottom line is, what is he asking you to do? I actually had a conversation with a young man in our church recently. And like I said, we've been going through a sermon series on the blessed life. And um, everybody's been encouraged to read the book. And he said, you know, I'm finding myself very challenged because I see these other people doing all these crazy things, you know, stories where God's asked them to, you know, give a car away or give a, a large amount of money to, to the church or to, to give something to somebody else. And he says, I'm being challenged. He says, and I, I'm just not sure I can do that. And I said, man, what it boils down to is what's God asking you to do? What's God asking you to do? And are you willing to be obedient? But God's called all of us to live the blessed life, and he's called all of us to have a generous spirit. So check it out and let me know what you think. So go to davidspell.com. There'll be a link in the show notes for the blessed life. Click through to Amazon. Pick up a copy. By clicking through on my website, you, Amazon will show me a little bit of love. But check out the book. I know that you'll enjoy it. I know that it'll be a blessing to you. And then I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of the blessed life and, uh, and how these principles are working in your life. Well, friends... This is David Spell. Thanks for being with me on Leading and Learning. And, uh, and I hope this next week you have a blessed life.